You're listening to the Calm and Cozy Podcast, practical advice for insomniacs, bedtime thinkers, and people whose sleep could use an extreme makeover. This is episode 17. I'm Beth Wyatt, your insomnia and stress management coach. I'm also an artist, avid crocheter, expert napper, and professional avocado eater. This episode is being recorded at a little log cabin in Minden, Ontario. Background noise you may hear, chirping birds, buzzing mosquitoes, and the zapping of said mosquitoes using a trusty tennis racket looking contraption called the Executioner. This episode is going to be edited in the little gazebo overlooking Heart Lake, also known as my favorite napping spot. Today I'm going to talk to you about a taboo subject in the relationship world. Happy couples who don't share a bed. If you don't already know this about me, I have been in a happy, healthy relationship with the same man for 13 years. Jake and I get along famously. We have similar personalities, and we share a silly sense of humor. We enjoy each other's company and can also happily spend time on our own projects. I can confidently say I have no complaints. Would you find it surprising to hear that Jake and I choose not to share a bed? One of the many things Jake and I have in common is we are both light sleepers. Jake falls asleep instantly, and I need 10 to 20 minutes to fall asleep. Jake's a twitcher, and I usually start sneezing or scratching my itchy leg as soon as I get into bed. When one of us moves, the other wakes up. Jake likes a firm mattress. I like a soft mattress. He gets warm at night. I go to bed cold. Jake allows the dog to sleep on the bed, and I don't believe in letting an animal that will sleep the entire next day on the cold hardwood floor keep me awake, no matter how adorable. Jake and I are a perfect match in the waking world, but our sleep compatibility number would be low if there was a sleep compatibility scale. Does it bother me? Sure it does. Who wants to sleep separately from someone they love? Does it negatively affect our relationship? No effin' way. Have you ever heard someone complain about being sleep-deprived because of their partner's snoring or twitching or coughing or fill-in-the-blank with annoying nighttime habit here? Oh, I slept horribly last night. My husband was snoring all night. Look, I get it. It's awful when someone else is keeping you from getting the sleep you need. But it also isn't that person's fault. Waking up resenting your partner because of something they spent all night unknowingly doing isn't fair to them. Nobody has a noisy or restless night on purpose, but it's impossible to feel anything but frustration when you're in the moment. When I have a restless night, I'm the only person I'm affecting. Jake is blissfully unaware in his room across the hall. He's not going to be annoyed that I kept him up all night. Also, My bed is made exactly to my specifications. It's as soft as I want it, as warm as I need it, and if I spend an hour reading before bed, I'm not bothering him by keeping the light on. I don't have to fight for the blankets. No one's kicking me or twitching or taking up too much room. My bed is mine. According to a study from Ryerson University's Sleep and Depression Laboratory, 30-40% to 40% of Canadian couples sleep in separate beds. 
A National Sleep Foundation survey found that nearly one in four American couples sleep in different rooms or beds. If you and your partner sleep well together, congratulations. This episode is obviously not for you. If you stop listening now, I won't be hurt. If you're listening and can raise your hand in agreement that having your own bed is amazing or would be amazing, I get it. Boy, do I get it. If you want to try sleeping in separate beds, but don't know how to approach it with your partner, or if you're worried that not sharing a bed is going to take a toll on your relationship, keep listening because my guest is going to help you with that. When I first started researching this topic, I asked for any of my followers who sleep in a separate bed from their partner to come forward and answer a few questions. Surprisingly, didn't get many responses. The first question, why do you and your partner sleep in separate beds? The second, tell me something positive that sleeping in separate beds has done for your relationship. One woman in my tribe who was happy to help responded with this. My husband and I started sleeping in separate beds gradually, probably about 12 or more years ago, because he tosses and turns and would keep me up and make me angry because I wasn't getting quality sleep. He also sometimes snores very softly, but I'm a light sleeper so that would keep me up too. So after many evenings of me nudging him to stop moving and him getting angry that I was waking him up and many mornings of me complaining about how I didn't sleep well because of his movement, he started sleeping in the second bedroom. And that just caught on and we decided there was nothing wrong with both of us wanting to get a good night's sleep. He'll often come into the bedroom in the morning after we've both slept about seven or eight hours and crawl into bed with me and cuddle for another 30 minutes to an hour. Sleeping in separate beds has probably saved our relationship even more than we know. We've been together for 27 years, married for 20, and we continue to feel closer every day, which is pretty special because we've always felt super close. I actually think that sleeping in separate beds has only made things better. It hasn't affected our sex life in any way, and now neither of us complains about how the other kept them up all night. And the interesting thing is that when we travel, we usually share a king-size bed, and we generally do okay, but it actually doesn't make us feel any closer than when we sleep in separate beds. Plus, even though we're both night owls, we don't have to worry if one of us wants to stay up a little later and read before we turn off the lights. Amazing. Thank you for sharing that with us. Another response came from my mom, who shared a bed with my dad for most of their 43-year marriage. My dad kicks in his sleep, and snoring and other noises kept my mom awake for decades. Besides moving to the guest room occasionally when one of them was sick, they never considered sleeping in separate beds because my dad didn't want to. He didn't think it was right for them to sleep apart. It wasn't until recently that he realized how helpful separate beds would be. My mom was recovering from double knee replacement surgery, and sleeping on her back was the most comfortable position for her. When sleeping on her back caused her to start snoring, my dad moved to the guest bed so he wouldn't disrupt her. Well, wouldn't you know it, he came to love sleeping in that bed, finding the mattress more comfortable than his own. My parents have been sleeping in separate beds for the first time in their marriage and admit they're sleeping better than ever, which is keeping them happy and getting along wonderfully during waking hours. I'm not telling you that you can't share a bed with your partner if this is important to you. 
I'm telling you that there are other options, and they don't all spell disaster for your relationship. If your partner's sleep habits disrupt yours, you could start by sleeping in separate beds part-time. One of you moves to the second bed, or the couch, or a comfortable air mattress a few nights a week. Or if there are specific nights when your sleep schedules are going to be different because of work or social schedules, that would be the perfect night to sleep apart. I have this idea to buy separate beds and mattresses from the same company so that they're the same height and length, and then just push them together so they make one big super bed. I hope to make that happen in my own life sometime in the future. Sleeping in separate beds has saved my sleep. It has made me more attentive during the day and less emotional. The benefits I get from a good night's sleep improve my relationship. I am all in. Want to hear what a relationship expert has to say about couples sleeping in separate beds? I asked sexologist Dr. Stephen DeWitt to share his thoughts on the topic, and I know you're really going to enjoy this. Stephen, welcome to my little podcast. Uh, Beth, it's great to be with you. Thanks for having me on. Can you give my listeners just a two-minute glimpse into the life of Dr. Stephen DeWitt, the sexologist, and the work that you're doing? Yeah, absolutely. It's, and, you know, it's such a, a great question. People often ask, they're like, what, what is a sexologist? You know, and, and if you do have that question and you're listening, you're in great company because my mom still asks me the question and my dad doesn't want to know the answer. Um, but uh, as a sexologist, you know, there's three main parts of my business. I have a private practice where I work with individuals and couples and help them discover and create the sex life that they've always wanted. I also have a speaking component to my business, which I really love. So I speak at different conferences and conventions all about uh, normalization, destigmatization, and sexual empowerment. And then the third part of my business is I have an online component where I have online courses and resources uh, for people to, to work through that way. So my stand in the world is that all people live a sexually empowered life and they have relationships that work. Because then people were like, how did you get to who you are now, right? Like, how do you do this? So um, I did a master's of public health with a specialization in human sexuality. And then for two and a half years, I was a sexual health counselor here in Toronto's hassle-free clinic. And so that's really where I cut my teeth of, you know, anybody who walks in the door, I got to provide them a service. I got to provide them care. I got to treat them wherever they're at. So that's really where I got kind of... Uh, aware of and uh, trained in just working with people however they choose to express themselves or identity, orientation, relationship status, however they are as a human being, really accepting them for who they are. And then I went back, I did my doctorate of um, human sexuality and I finished that in, in 2012 and I've been building the practice and uh, building the brand and doing interviews like this and, and that's you know something that I love and it, it's such a you know, a, a needed thing in the world, and it is such a private and confidential and sacred part of people's lives. And when they're struggling with it, or, you know, when they want to take things to the next level, they really don't know who to talk to or how to do that. And that's where I get to step in and, and really support people in having, you know, the, the amazing sex that they want in their life. And two minutes. Perfect. Two, okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the point of having a sexologist on an insomnia show Mm -hmm. which is probably a little confusing, 
is because people are having sex all night and they're not sleeping is that is that because that's what i was expecting we were going to talk about (laughs) that's exactly what we're talking about today no well we can but for now i wanted to have a discussion about happy couples who sleep Mm -hmm. in separate beds because it's Mm -hmm. a very taboo subject i think Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know of couples, I don't know of happy couples who sleep in separate beds who are okay with telling people about it. Yeah. Um, So I wanted to have you on here because I can tell people how I feel about it, but I think that they need to hear from someone who's a relationship expert that it's, it's okay. Your opinion, I think, is just very valuable in this, around this topic. So that's why you're here. So what would be your experience? Do you have any like a personal or professional experience with this topic? My first part is like, yeah, there is something really wrong. And then the second part is, you know, no, there is nothing wrong with it. So let me talk about the, the first part. And, okay. you know, one of the things in my personal experience when I was growing up, I must have been about 13 or 14 years of age. And um, my parents were sleeping in separate beds. And that really bothered me. And I kept telling my parents, you need to sleep in the same bed. Like, like I, I'm not okay with this. Like, and it was just like a weird kind of conversation. But I would bring it up at the dinner table. I'd be like, okay, we need to s- stop this. And, and you need to sleep in the same bed together. And it, it was weird. And it took me a bit, and I didn't have that self-awareness at that time, but it took me a bit to just kind of hit pause and be like, well, why is it? Like, why, like, why is it? And for me, growing up, you know, the my parents having the same bed meant that everything was okay, mm. right? Like their their relationships good, like that that foundation, the integrity of their relationship, and therefore the family is okay because they shared the same bed, and that was something in in growing up in my younger years. You know, we'd crawl into bed and snuggle with mom and dad in you know in the morning on the weekends, and and those kind of memories. It's like yes, we're a family unit. Everything mm-hmm. is okay. So when they started sleeping in separate beds, it really upset me and really, really shook me. And I think, you know, to your point that you said earlier, a lot of people have that. And it's something that's been culturally indoctrinated in, at least in North America, that you sleep in the same bed, you sleep with the person that you love, and, you know, that's the, you know, where you come together. And, you know, essentially for a lot of people, where you spend the most amount of time together. Right, because most people wake up in the morning. If you live with your partner and you like, you know, eat your Fruit Loops, give them a high five and a kiss, <laughs> you go off to work, and then you come back from work, and then you maybe eat dinner and like watch Netflix or do laundry or whatever you do, and then you go to sleep. So waking hours we spend maybe two, three hours a day, but the majority of time we we spend sleeping with our partner. So when we have that question and comes up sometime in practice of like. Well, what happens or what does that indicate or what does that mean to sleep in separate beds? You know, there's a lot of cultural stuff and a lot of emotional stuff that's tied to it. So that's the first part is like, no, it's not okay. And <laughs> the second part is, you know, when I work with people and as an adult and being able to kind of deconstruct that of why we actually do that and what the needs are and what the emotional connection is, is like, sure, like if it works for you and it works for your partner and it's going to prevent sleep deprivation, you know, it's going to allow you to get that rest and that nourishment, then yes, that's the thing that that is important and I think can serve people. Uh, one of the terms that, that I, I came across that I always laugh about is, is a term called sleep divorce. 
it's exactly what we're talking about is you sleep in separate beds or separate rooms like you divorce like you separate and sleep in, and so sometimes sleep divorce can prevent quote unquote real divorce it's it's looking at things of like hey you know what really works for my partner and i in our life right now what is important does this really serve us so i think it it can work i think it's it's looking at some of those other questions that can come up which is well how do we maintain that closeness how do we maintain that intimacy how do we maintain that that time together if we're not spending it together in the communal couple bed <laughs> right i have to say i know a couple couples my grandparents are one of them who yeah. were sleep divorced and I don't remember ever knowing of grandma and grandpa's room. It was always there's grandma's room on the one side of the house. And then if you go downstairs, there's grandpa's room. And that was normal to me. That's all I remembered. I guess what I'm so interested in, what's the point of sharing a bed if you're just going to resent your partner for keeping you up all night? If you're waking up angry that your partner snored all night, Resenting your partner in the morning over something that can be prevented. Yeah. So it's like, why are you making something happen that's going to make you resent your partner and potentially hurt your relationship when the simple solution is, well, why don't you sleep over there and you sleep over there? Because mm-hmm. technically you're just sleeping mm-hmm. when you're asleep. <laughs> and it sounds so obvious, but you are just sleeping. So yeah. I, th- I think, too... There are probably two groups of people that are listening. Um, There's going to be the one group who already sleep in separate beds, but maybe feel a little weird about it, or they don't know how to to talk about it. They feel like they could use a little fun and excitement, maybe. (laughs) And then the other group that maybe they're listening and, and they've always wanted to suggest Share, uh, sleeping in separate beds but don't know how to approach it or afraid that they're going to um, upset their partner so whichever one you want to dive into first <laughs> yeah for, for sure and I think those are, are both important groups and, and I've talked to people in both of them and I think again building off what I was speaking about earlier is looking at like what are you scared of like what mm. does this mean for us and then getting to the root of that so if we look at time together, if we look at intimacy, if we look at cuddle time, if we look at all those different things, our factors. And hey, guess what? For a lot of people, the bed is where sex happens. Mm. So what happens to our sex life? Or again, some of those people who are like, well, how do I tell people we sleep in, in different beds? Because most people, when you tell that, they're like, well, then how do, where do you have sex? Or how do you have sex? Or how do you decide <laughs> where to have sex? Or like, which is the sex bed and which is the non-sex bed? Right, all that stuff comes up, and um, you know the term that I, 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 you know, came up with is you know people want ROA, which is roll over access. Hmm. So a lot of people communicate and connect and give their partner signals when they're in bed together, right? So you know it could be you know your partner gives you a massage or touches your shoulder or you know cuddles you or spoons you, and you're like, oh, that's how sex is initiated that's how my partner initiates sex so if i'm you know in the next room like what are they going to do are they going to send smoke signals are they going to send text or like how does how does that work right 
So I think it's important for people to, to really have that conversation about, hey, we're evolving our sleep situation. How is that going to impact all the wonderful, juicy, amazing things that we love to share together when we are in bed? And how do we do that? Right. So it's looking at, okay, well, we may have to communicate differently about sex and intimacy. It may look like different signals, right? Like how do we indicate to our partner? How do we initiate that? Because, hey, I still love our sex life and I want our sex life. And frankly, this could be a, you know, a bonus to our sex life because we're not exhausted all the time. And that's <laughs> working with couples that, that comes up is they are just so tired and so exhausted that sex you know, isn't on the same, uh, like they're not on the same page sexually a lot of the time. So it's, it's looking at, okay, so how do we communicate about sex? How do we initiate sex differently? How do we signal to each other that we want to have sex differently? And all of that is inside conversations. Hmm. And for a lot of people that can be confronting because it's just sex is just the thing that we do and it always happens in bed. So, you know, getting comfortable about, hey, let's look at those things. How do we build them into, um, you know, our our life, given that we're going to be sleeping in separate beds or separate rooms? How does that actually happen? And, you know, we you would joke about, like, one bed is going to be the sex bed and one bed is not going to be the sex bed. So, um, you know, who... Or you who, can switch. Right, you can switch, <laughs> right? And it's like, okay, well, this is the sex bed. And these are all, like, real things that, as adults, as people in relationships are important to talk about um you know that that other uh part of like well we do do this how do we you know keep it fun and exciting you know anything in a relationship is something that's created so it evolves so just because you're like hey we're going to do this um and we're going to sleep in separate beds that doesn't mean that you know you are forever banished to the east wing <laughs> of the house and we're going to get together it could be like hey on weekends we're going to sleep in the same bed or you know we're going to cuddle together on the weekends or when we're on vacation or guess what i'm really like sad or i'm really depressed or something's going on i'd love for you to sleep with me like i need that and that can you know trump or, or take priority over you know you know sleeping in separate beds for a particular amount of time and it, it it's really it's something, Beth, that I talk about sex a lot with people because people like have their blinders on of like it can only look like this. And the decision or the choice that I make now is forever going to be there for us. <laughs> like, no, like what works for you? Like, listen, your snoring is crazy and it's driving me nuts. And I want to punch you in the face when I wake up <laughs> or in the morning when, you, when you're like snoring in my ear. And my you know, productivity is going down at work. I'm cranky. I like that comes out at work. It comes out with the, my family. It. I feel exhausted. I don't have the time and energy to do anything like that. Okay, so let's do something about this, and let's have all the different things that we can have in, in our lives that are really important. Let's have a conversation how we can create that and have that in our lives at the same time. Right. Yeah. The idea too, to me, that I find funny is to think that. Not sharing a bed is going to affect intimacy is, it seems funny to me because I'm not intimate with my partner because it's convenient for me. Like, well, you are right there. We might as well. Yeah. To walk across the hall or to walk into another room isn't really that big a deal. Like, I, I care about you enough to walk 10 steps. You know, sometimes 
sex is that thing that they don't want to talk about. And sometimes it's that thing that any excuse, it is the 10 steps. It is that, oh, am I going to take the 10 steps? And they're going to say no. And then I got to do like the walk the of walk shame, shame back, back to my bed and be like, <laughs> oh my God, rather than roll over, put your hand on their shoulder and they say, not today, honey. And you remove their hand and roll over and go to sleep. Right. Like, but you know, sometimes I work with people in that scenario and that is, you know, dealing with what's really going on with the relationship, right? Like sometimes this highlights things of like, okay, like you, this isn't going to be the, the rollover access. There's no ROA. Let's actually deal with what's there. What's not working in the relationship. What has you say like, okay, this is, this isn't going to work. It could be like, Hey, we, we need to do this for our own sanity. And Hey, let's, let's talk about the awake time that we spend in bed together, mm-hmm. i.e. sex and in what that looks like and and what's really going on in our relationship and sometimes you know people reach out and they're like hey so we're doing this and how do i you know keep it exciting how do i keep that connection how do i keep that there and those are important you know questions to ask and if you can navigate that with your partner i think that's really great and if you need some support you know reach out there's there's people like myself out there that can that can help people that way the, the 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 concept of you know the the communal couple bed and and separating that I mean sometimes that just happens right there's people in you know long term uh, or long term long distance relationships so they're not going to be sharing the same bed and hey lots of people you know do that in their life and it's long distance they don't don't, don't get to share that bed that they want with their partner at all times um, you know it, it's also really where you're growing up and you know culturally like so in japan um it's just kind of like a norm that they are you know sleeping in different in different beds um so different countries different cultures it's just like hey that's the way it is that's silly if you do sleep why would you sleep in the same bed it's like as much as you know in north america we may have that well why aren't you sleeping in the same bed other people are like well that's weird that you do sleep in the same bed you know there's people who you know, it's shift work. It's, you know, they're, they're on different shifts and different schedules and they do it and they still make it work. So it's not, it, it doesn't have to have the, you know, some of the significance or like the story that, that people attach to it of like, oh, this means this if we sleep in separate beds. It's, hey, we sleep in separate beds because, you know, we're incompatible as sleeping partners. But, you know, I, I love my partner and we have a rock and sex life and, you know, we get a cuddle and we get to, you know, spend time in bed together. But, uh, you know, these days or these weeks or these months or whatever, you know, this is what really supports us in our relationship and allows us to be able to be connected and stay sane at the same time. <laughs> Beautiful. So one of the things that comes up when, when I'm talking to people is using this, uh, you know, to sleep in separate beds or sleep in a, a separate place as a functioning part and access to your relationship. So maybe you are comfortable and sleeping in the same bed as your partner. But sometimes if you're really sick or your partner's really sick, you're going to go and sleep somewhere else. Sometimes I know myself, if I'm super stressed and I got a lot of stuff on my mind, like, and I'm in bed with my partner, it's so, I feel uncomfortable and I'm worried. I'm like, oh, like I'm turning over too much or I'm restless <laughs> or like, and then they pick up on that energy and like all this stuff. So I will like get my butt out of bed and lie on the couch and sometimes fall asleep on the couch and sleep there for the night or at least remove myself for, 
you know, three, four hours until I can decompress and all the crazies in my head have gone to sleep and then come back to bed. And, and I think it's a, a smart, you know, thing that, that people can use regardless of, hey, if this is the majority of time that we spend in bed together and there may be some times that we don't and, and sleep in the same bed or, hey, the majority of the time we, you know, we don't sleep in the, in the same bed. But, hey, these are the times to come together. So that's an important thing to you know, to offer to people rather than like, oh my goodness, I need to stay in bed because if I don't stay in bed with my partner, this means, you know, A, B, C, X, Y, Z, and we're not going to be together. We're not going to have intimacy. We're never going to have sex and blah, 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 blah. It's like, no, I'm driving myself mental, you know, in my head right now. And I need to, you know, separate myself, decompress myself, sleep on a, you know, in a different place. And then maybe the next night or a couple nights after or whatever you need or a couple hours after, be able to, you know, get back in bed with your partner and, and have the sleep that's really important for you. I know for myself, I like to withdraw when I'm, when I sleep. So I like to cocoon, like I like to be in my own little world mm -hmm. and having somebody next to me isn't what I want when I'm about to go to bed. I feel yeah. like it's my time to I mean, sometimes to a fault, but this is like my time to think, my time to withdraw from every sense that I have during the day, I withdraw from all my senses, cocoon and hibernate. And as soon as I know that someone is present, it's kind of interfering with my alone time. Mm -hmm. And I've probably built that up. I mean, I've had shared a bed with myself my entire life, pretty much. Hey! So, and I... I know when someone is next to me and I've had, you know, like you have a sleepover where I, I'm out of town, I'm staying at a friend's house. And she says, uh, like my friend Marnie had said, you know, if you want to, I have a big bed, if you want to just stay in my bed with me. And it was like, no offense, but I can't, I can't sleep with someone next to me. Mm -hmm. um, it's like my alone time. I like to do my, own, <laughs> I like to do my own thing and I'm just sleeping. But for some reason, I know when someone's next to me and it keeps me up. So when I yep. can withdraw from my senses and just be with myself and cocoon, that's when I have my best sleep. And then I'm also not worried about if I wake up and I move and I shake the bed and now I'm, you know, I'm waking her up or waking him up, but that kind of thing. So for me, it's a very, sleep is a very personal thing and I want to do it my way. Mm -hmm. And if someone's next to me, it's going to interfere with one of my favorite part, <laughs> my favorite part of my day, yeah. <laughs> just my sleep. And my, I'm like that with a nap too. There's a King of Queens episode where, okay. um, is it Carrie and Doug? They're the main characters. They find out that sleeping in separate beds is amazing. So after spending their whole marriage, or probably their whole relationship sharing a bed, I, uh, my brother would know exactly the episode because he's a huge King of Queens fan. But they, yeah. they're sleeping in separate beds. I think like they order a bed and they accidentally get two instead of one or something. And they love it. Other people start worrying about them, like what's going on with, with them? Why are they why aren't they sharing a bed anymore? So I, I think they go back to their one bed because they're worried about what everybody thinks. Yeah. But I can relate to that. I, I think you yeah, that's a great point, is like your your sleep relationship, the most <laughs> the one with yourself. And you and you know, grew up and established like, your sleep habits and patterns of what you're comfortable with in, you know, the formative years of your life before you were sharing a bed with someone else. Right. And when you do that, it can be confronting. Like yourself is like that personal D 
decompressed cocoon, right? <laughs> on on the flip side, like, you know, I can look at my life and, and talking to, you know, lots of couples that I work with. It's like cold feet, stealing, the, <laughs> like, ste- like stealing the majority of the bed. And so you're like cramped into the side. Now, my partner right. would kill me if she heard me saying this. But, <laughs> you know, sometimes that happens. And it's like, oh, my goodness, if I had, you know, my own bed... Or, you know, the, the other thing is, like, they get up early or even if they go to the washroom and, the, and then you spread out on the bed. Or <laughs> like, thank God you're gone. When they're gone, <laughs> right? Or they get up early in the morning and you're like, oh, my goodness, and you get to stretch out. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I think there's, you know, some, some fundamental uh, patterns that have been uh, created uh, in how we sleep. Um, and... Uh, you know, some of the other kind of more like humorous ones about, you know, the the cold feet, you know, getting warmed up or the who has the covers or who has right. the majority of the bed. But, you know, at the end of the day, they all impact uh, our sleep. And um, again, you know, about, far more about this than I am, but, you know, can impact the quality of our lives and the quality of the relationship that we have. Because there are people that, you know, sleep deprivation is something that impacts their ability to communicate, to connect, to want to have intimate time with their partner, to want to have sex with their partner. And that can, you know, that can be a factor that gets in the way of them having the, the type of relationship and the type of sex that they want. Thank you for having this conversation with me. My pleasure. I just felt like this was an important one to have and wanted to have your expert opinion. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy <laughs> to, to offer that to you. And um, you know, if people want to learn more about me, um, they can go to my website, which is drdewitt.com. That's D-R-D-E-W-I-T.com. And uh, they can follow me on social media. Same thing, D-R-D-E-W-I-T. And I'd be happy to talk to people. And if you reach out to me, just be like, hey, I, I heard you on Beth Wyatt's Common Cozy podcast. And uh, <laughs> a great place to start. A huge thank you to Dr. Stephen DeWitt for taking the time to share with us. I hope by now you're feeling a little better about your own sleeping arrangements. It's got to be right for you and your partner. That's the bottom line. This has been Calm and Cozy, your resource for insomnia and bedtime anxiety relief. Follow me on Instagram at sleepcoachbeth for more sleep tips. And if you like what you've heard today, please share me with a friend. Thank you for listening, my wonderful bedtime thinkers, and as always, sleep well and stay cozy. To my mom who listens to my podcast every night as she falls asleep, good night, mama.